This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 382 of the Dressage Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Total Saddle Fit, Kentucky Performance Products, and EcoVet. This is Karen Abatista from Sarasota, Florida, and with me is... Tim Christensen from Iaca City, Florida. And you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show. Tim, we're getting ready for a road trip. Yes, we are. We're the Western Dressage World Show 2016, September 29th through October 2nd. And where are we going? We are going to the Lazy E Arena in Guthrie, Oklahoma. And are you now, familiar with the Lazy E Arena? I am not. Uh, the only time I ever went to Oklahoma was a couple years ago. I went to Tulsa and I happened, I went for a Western Dressage uh, Judges Education Program. And it was very similar to Hotel California. I was supposed to fly out on the day that Atlanta got snowed in and all the airports got closed. And my three-day trip turned into a week. I couldn't get a flight out of Tulsa, <laughs> and I got. I it was it was awful. It it's taken me several years to recover from that trip. I can't believe I'm actually going back to Oklahoma now. But yes, I am. I think that we're going at a at a beautiful time of year to go <laughs> yeah, out this there. Is January. Uh, there's no tornadoes, I believe, and there's no snow and ice. Uh, but the Lazy E Arena, I've never been to, but I'm so excited because it's got a legendary reputation in the horse world um, with big cattle ropings and barrels and fraternities and it, it's a legend in the in the horse industry so i think we're in for a real treat oh fun so yeah and well, we're just and outside oklahoma city and i can't wait i've not been there in a long time and the last time i was there they were they had lowered all of the streets in a district down a level and had filled them in with water so there was canals so I can't wait to get back like and just, just to see it all. Yeah, it's going to be a good time. Cool. Well, the annual so. meeting starts on Wednesday the 28th for the Western Dressage Association of America, and they're going to begin with the debut of the new 2017 tests. If you've registered for the convention, you will have an exclusive look at the new tests ridden. Uh, also on Wednesday is an honors luncheon. It'll be the presentation of the very first Horse Lifetime Achievement Awards and the Top Hand Award. Thursday morning, there's more educational and instructional events, the general meeting, and a meet and greet with the WDAA Board of Directors before the actual show begins on the 29th. And here's the part that you and I are looking forward to knowing us. A Thursday evening welcome party, Friday yep, freestyle party, Saturday party, and then a farewell party. <laughs> yep. They have really touted that they have a lot of special events going on. And with their um, receptions and parties, and um, they have, some freestyle classes in the evening. So I think that the, it sounds to me like the show committee has really put forth a huge effort to make this quite an endeavor. And if you haven't noticed, Karen, uh, last year, I believe there were 620 entries. This year, I looked at the number, it was 820. So that's oh pretty exciting word. for the discipline. Yeah, pretty exciting for the discipline. That is extremely exciting. 
And I guess I should ask you, since uh, you'll be showing next week, are we wearing our black chops? We are going to wear, um, I'm kind of up in the air on that because I've got a couple horses that are chestnuts that I may have to go with the cinnamon. But the black chap challenge, um, mm-hmm. I can wear them if I want to. So I have an option. So for those listeners so. who aren't familiar with the black chop challenge, Tim decided, when, when did you start your diet? That was about two and a half months ago. Mm-hmm. So. And I, most of us can relate to not being entirely happy with our uh, fighting weight. And Tim decided to do something about it and did a little bit of a lifestyle change and got a little healthier in his eating and a little more active. And now he's, he's back into his chops again. That was your goal. Yep. I'm proud of you. You made it. Uh, and I have some, uh, you know, a little further to go, but you know, I'm pretty excited. Going to take a short commercial break, and then when we come back, we're going to be talking with a sports psychologist, Sandra Lines. But before we do that, Tim and I will share some of our own personal show catastrophes. This Nutrition Minute is brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, the company that simplifies your search for research-proven nutritional supplements at kppusa.com. Did you know that easy keepers and horses on restricted diets are often at risk for vitamin and mineral deficiencies? Most easy keepers are maintained on hay, and some get a few handfuls of grain a day, and most of these horses get little to no green grass. Diets that don't include significant levels of green grass or recommended amounts of fortified concentrates just don't supply enough vitamins and minerals. Many horse folks don't realize that hay alone, even high quality green hay, is not an adequate source of many vitamins. For example, when grass is cut and dried for hay, the vitamins quickly lose their potency. 70% of the vitamin E found in grass is lost in the first week after it is cut for hay. One way to ensure that your special needs horse is getting all the vitamins and minerals he needs is to add a vitamin and mineral supplement to his diet. A well-balanced supplement will provide the nutrients your horse requires without adding unwanted calories, starches, and sugars. Microphase, made by Kentucky Performance Products, is a vitamin and trace mineral supplement that bridges the gap in your feeding program. With Microphase, your horse receives adequate and balanced vitamin and mineral nutrition without unwanted calories or other ingredients. The minerals in Microphase have been chelated, a process that protects minerals during digestion and increases their absorption in the intestine. Microphase provides vitamins, such as vitamin E, in a natural form, so your horse receives optimal results from this supplement. This Nutritional Minute has been brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products. You can find all of their terrific products at kppusa.com. In preparation for the World Show, we're going to be joined by a sports psychologist, Sandra Lines. Uh, One of the things that people tend to worry about is what's going to go wrong, right? We have lots of nervousness about all of these disasters that can happen in the ring. Well, I, for one, no longer worry about things like that because pretty much everything that can go wrong 
has gone wrong. Case in point, and you were there. New horse. Remember this just a couple weeks yep, ago? I sure do. Yep. A enter working trot. This was a traditional dressage class. Uh, X halt salute. C track left and jump right out of the ring. Didn't even see it coming. Okay, check that one off the list. <laughs> uh, t- so, what about uh, you? Have one to share? You know, I have one that was always kind of memorable, and and this goes back to my all around horse show days in a Western riding class. And I had a horse that was really talented, but he was a little bit tough. And and when I say tough, sometimes they get to know that pattern and they want to do lead changes early. And <laughs> so I prepped yeah. him and schooled him and I was all ready to go in there and the judges were there. And I went in and, and this is going to go in really good with, with Sandra today um, about mental preparation. Because I went in there and did this pattern, Karen. And I was all done. I stopped and petted my horse. And I looked over at the judges and smiled. And they just looked at me and smiled and nodded and said, thank you. And when I walked out of the ring, everybody said, what pattern did you do? And, <gasps> and it's very similar. There's four patterns. And I did a pattern and didn't even know what pattern I did. But the pattern I did was beautiful, but it didn't <laughs> even fit. And, you know, and there you go from elation to Oh, how embarrassing. Um, and once again, it's like you said, we, everybody's down there. And when, and I always think that when people go off pattern, we try to tell these kids and the amateurs, when you go off pattern, it's not that big of a deal. They no. go off pattern, have a meltdown, cry, and then they realize it wasn't that big of a deal. So you're right. Well, this and, happened and, to all of us. Yeah. And, and again, another traditional dressage show, beautiful ride. I'm, this is kind of like your story beautiful ride. And I am just so impressed with myself. I pick up my canner. I'm doing this gorgeous circle. I'm just in the moment, totally focused. And I hear bells ringing and I think, Oh, huh. I wonder what that's for. Oh, it's for me. (laughs) I had done my circle in the wrong place. So of course the bell rings and the judge tells me that I'm off pattern. And says, do you know where you're supposed to go? And I said, yes, ma'am, thank you very much. Because in Western dressage and traditional dressage, if you go, of course, the judge rings the bell and you just pick up your test from wherever it is that you screwed up and went off. Not a big deal, but it was just funny because I really was, I was just totally wondering why the bells were ringing. Um, another one, another one of my favorite, I've had a lot of catastrophes, I've, but I've done a lot of showing. Um, you were talking about your horse anticipating the pattern. I had, uh, this quarter horse that I was showing just training level. He never made it past training level test one because I could never convince him that you could turn other than left at sea. He, he learned (laughs) test one. And if I tried to make him turn right, he threw a tantrum right there in front of the judge. I showed in front of Gary Rockwell, who has judged countless Olympics. Um, wonderful judge, amazing man. And uh, honestly, I think if they awarded belt buckles in dressage, I would have several. Because this horse, boy, could he buck. 
And I stayed on far longer than eight seconds. And I was so proud of myself. And I was so upset when I looked at the end of my test. And I only got a six or a seven, I don't remember what, on rider position. I rode that out and stayed in the saddle. That should have been a, a, a 10 plus. Yeah, for huh, sticking with I'm it. I'm telling you, no sense of humor. Mm-mm. Um, do you have one more to add before we take over, go over to Sandra? Oh, I just... You know, um, and once again, and this will be a good one. I'm going to share this. This is one of my my father's, and and (laughs) this would be a catastrophe. But this would also be keeping things in perspective and getting ready to go into into show ring competition, and and everybody messing up because my dad and mom have shown, and they my mom has won the world titles um, and Congress. My dad has won national titles. But my dad was on our, our, we had a great Western pleasure horse called He's Just Too Sharp. He was at the Congress and my mom had won the Congress the year before on him, had been reserved at the world show. And, and so it was dad's turn. And so he was showing the horse at the, and made it to the finals. And he was clearly the pick going in. And I'll never forget there was 12 in the finals or maybe 15. And if you're familiar with in Ohio, the, the crowd sits along all one side and the the rail is pretty high and he was on the rail by the crowd so they'd ask for the lope off on the left lead and and dad lopes down the whole rail in front of the crowd which we can't see and when he rounded the curve at the end and my dad was he can tell the story the best eleven thousand people all gasped he was on the wrong lead (gasps) and he just sunk and he knew as, as soon as he heard the crowd gasp he knew it was him and he looked down, he was on the wrong lead. And he has told that story so many times to people who have a big problem or a catastrophe and they feel so embarrassed or this happened. And he'll always sit down and he'll say, let me tell you what's embarrassing. And then he'll <laughs> recount the story. Um, but that one, you know, was a catastrophe. But boy, we've used that for um, just encouraging people and putting their disaster in perspective. Um, well, pretty much time. anything that can go wrong, somebody it's else gonna go has wrong. lived through it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yep. And I tell people, too, and this won't be your last one. You'll have another one come up, too. So, All right. Well, let's go on. Let's, let's give Sandra a call. Well, Sandra, I'm so glad that you joined us today on, on the radio show. And it was so interesting when I um, w- was involved in a clinic this past summer and found out that you had been there and you had given a presentation on getting mentally prepared for or showing in competitions, and it just really mm-hmm. was intriguing to me, and and really enjoyed it. Um, as we get as we um, get going here a little bit, tell us a little bit about your background, um, how you got started in horses. I think you had a pretty active youth career, um, mm-hmm. and an amateur career, and now I hear you've even ventured into other disciplines. So I have. Just... <laughs> I um, um I started showing when I was two in the lead line um my mom and dad were both involved in showing horses and so it was kind of natural for me to get into that um and i started like really getting competitive in the quarter horse stuff when i was about 10 years old is when i really started showing a lot in the quarter horse stuff um doing the all-around events the western all-around stuff and the english all-around stuff and then um i decided that i wanted to be really good at one thing instead of okay at everything. And I decided that I really wanted to get into the English. And when I was about 13, I think it was, um, 
I really focused on the English, started showing in that stuff a lot. And I stuck with the English stuff until just recently. I started venturing into the cutting. <laughs> oh, wow. So, um, now, I'm trying to think back. Um, is it Was it GM Elegant Mac? Mm-hmm. Was that one yes. of yours in the youth career? Yep. Um, and you did a lot of working horse. hunter, correct? Yep. I did. You I did, did a lot, lot of working the hunter and the equitation and um, that stuff. But I won the world in the halter and stuff like that too. <laughs> so I've done a little bit of everything. And then I was third yeah, you, a few years ago in the world in the ranch riding. Cool. And then also you had success at the NSBA level, didn't you? Yes, the National Snafflebit Association. Yes, I won the um, National Snafflebit Association World uh, Champion in 2013 in the amateur equitation over fences. So let me ask you: as as you look at your past um, and 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 in all your preparation, when you look at your past, at that is that what kind of really helped you? come up with a game plan as far as getting mentally prepared and, and being able to present that and show others? Um, how did that, how did that come about? Well, throughout my youth career, um, I always, I always had the drive to win. I always wanted to win. That was pretty much like my whole goal um, behind showing besides the fact that I loved it, but I like to win. Um, I would put a lot of pressure on myself, even as a young kid, um, to win. And I would forget, especially at the world show, in the finals at the world show, the prelims, I'd always be doing great. Going into the finals, I would be winning the prelims. If the prelims were the finals at the, the, world, the youth world show, I'd have 15 world champions at least. But I would get to the finals and I would forget how to ride pretty much. I would end oh, up fifteenth finalist. Like it was, I would be from first place all the way to the bottom, just because I would focus on the wrong things, which was focusing on the prize rather than the ride. And it took me okay. several years to figure that out. Um, I my parents sent me to a sports psychologist up in Georgia, um, and he really helped me figure that out and give me some strategies. To, to help me refocus myself. And it did help a lot because then finally my last year at the World Show, uh, I did make it in the top 10 in four of my classes. So that was a big thing for me because every other year I walked away with just finals ribbons. So, you know, and we hear that with so many of the competitors or customers. Uh, um, even we had some local shows going on, some schooling dressage shows, and had a couple of gals that were new starting out and they get so nervous and they can almost just not do it with the butterflies. Um, so mm-hmm. for our listeners, tell us a little bit about the anxiety or, or what you were thinking. Now, here you are, you you go and like I said, you were winning the preliminaries at the World Show, and you come back to the finals, and Sandra's not there. Um, yeah. Kind of tell us a little bit about what was going through your mind or physically what you're feeling, because I think other people are, can identify with that. A lot of people can. Mm-hmm. I would have to say that, like I said earlier, I had my, my brain was in the wrong place. I was focused on the wrong thing. I was focused on the end result, which was the prize. I wasn't focusing on what I needed to do to get to the prize. I'd forget about the whole riding part. <laughs> um, 
I think what really helped me like get that together was just focusing on myself, having a good plan for when I go in the pen, what am I going to do? Visualizing the ride has really helped me. Like visualizing, if you have to do a pattern, well, you guys do patterns. Visualizing your pattern mm-hmm. as in like riding every little piece of the pattern over and over in your head, feeling how your horse feels, feeling how you'll sit, feeling, visualize how your horse will feel in your hands. Um, visualize and feel in your brain when you ask them to do a transition, when you ask them to change leads, whatever it is that you have to do, ride through the perfect ride over and over and over again. And eventually it will happen. It will come out. So, so you would do that. Well, okay. So after you do your preliminaries or let's just say just before the competition, um, Mm -hmm. would you just sit down then for a while? Would you get quiet? Um, almost like meditate and um, what would, what would you suggest? Cause this is going to air just before our Western dressage world showed. I think a lot of competitors um, will really be able to relate to some of this stuff. So mm-hmm. like the day before the night before um, kind of give us a little rundown of what you would suggest as far as running that perfect pattern through our mind. How, um, how far in advance are you guys able to get your patterns? Um, we all have our patterns. Our patterns are set. Okay. Um, so we okay. sign up for patterns. So pretty, and pretty much everybody knows their patterns. Okay. Hopefully. So. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully, hopefully yeah. Karen says in the background. <laughs> <laughs> At least that's the so, plan, right? To yes. remember yep. the pattern or have the pattern. Um, well, you guys have an advantage because at um, the quarter horse level, you don't always have your final patterns. I know like for the amateur world and stuff, we don't always have our patterns so we get to the horse show. Um, So you guys have an advantage. You guys can start visualizing the ride as soon as you know exactly what pattern you're going to be doing. I mean, that can be before you go to sleep at night, when you wake up in the morning, um, anything like any quiet time that's good for you as you're driving to the horse show. Think about that ride. Think about your feelings. Me personally, how I prepare Number one, I make sure I have plenty of sleep, if that's possible. That, that's a big thing. I know that I don't ride well if I'm tired. Um, I try to have quiet time before I show, or what I call like me time, before I show just to kind of get myself together. The other thing I really try to make sure is that I'm not rushed. I'd rather be ready three hours too early than to be rushing. Because if I'm rushed, I know for me, that totally screws me up. And I totally, I just cannot think. And, and it just see, throws me off. And that's one of the great oh. things about the Western dressage is you have ride times. So you know mm-hmm. exactly pretty much to the minute when you're going to need to be ready to go. That's, that's really good for you. guys. We don't always yeah. have that luxury. I know you don't. <laughs> <laughs> We're guessing the whole time. <laughs> Tim knows. Um, yeah. you're, you're just trying um, to. Especially on the tired again. Um, and. And I think sometimes we focus on the physical aspect of being tired, um, mm-hmm. and I'm well, we, and as well as being mentally tired. You know, we can have so many things going through our mind um, that we can be mentally exhausted. Sometimes I'm more mentally exhausted than I am physically exhausted. Um, any suggestions mm-hmm. on, you know, trying to clear our minds out, even going into the quiet time? Because sometimes I have a very active mind, 
and I'll be going and then I'll once I'll be going in a whole nother direction. Um, <laughs> any suggestions or tips on how to stay focused as we are trying to mentally prepare? Everybody does things a little differently as in being able to calm yourself down. For some people, maybe uh, calm yourself down mentally. Some people it might be um, doing something physical. For other people, it might be meditating, just trying to get in a quiet place. Um, maybe visualizing your ride and just thinking about that might help you. Um, maybe just brushing your horse off might help you just kind of uh, calm down and come to, if you know what I mean. Um, for people that are that over, are you like one that overthinks? Oh, I can overthink. Yes. Yep. I can overthink. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the things that I'm guilty of, or, and especially even coming, I think from the horse show world, the quarter horse and the breed shows is over preparation, physical, you know, even like drilling that pattern. And I think we're Mm -hmm. all very, you know, most of us are guilty of that. Yeah, you don't want to win the warm-up, Tim. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yes. You have to know when to stop. You have to know when to stop when you're ahead. That's something that that comes, I think, in time eventually. I mean, the trainers pick it up for you, but I know if you're there showing by yourself or something, you're just like, I want to get this perfect. I want to get this perfect. I want to get this perfect. But sometimes you have to know when you're ahead and when to stop when you're ahead. Because like you said, you can over practice and that can be just as bad as not practicing enough. Yeah. And trust yourself. Like, you know, like we've, as a group, we've collectively feel our, we're ready to go to the world. So our horses are ready. We prepared and Mm -hmm. we have to feel comfortable with that and, and then not get there and change the program. Um, Mm -hmm. So I kind of like that. So kind of know what works, maybe even going for a walk and mentally going through the the patterns. Um, Mm -hmm. And one thing I want to mention, which I've seen over and over again, is uh, people who change their protocol at a show. Yes. And that is just a surefire way to set yourself up for failure. They Mm -hmm. decide they're going to try out a new pair of spurs or a different bit or they're going to change their warm-up routine because they watched someone else do something and they thought it might be a good idea. The day of the show is not the time to fix things. That was a week ago at home. Mm -hmm. I totally agree with you. I've seen that. It's happened to me. I mean, I've done that before. (laughs) I think we've all done it, yeah. Yeah, I've done that before where where my my trainers told me, how about you shorten your stirrups? Let's shorten your stirrups and see and I'm getting ready to go in the class and he shortens my stirrups and then it just totally screws up. I can't see a spot to a, to a jump or a distance to a jump all of a sudden just from changing my stirrup. And it looks like I've had, I never jumped before in my life, you know, (laughs) (laughs) it's all from one little thing, you know, like you're saying, like changing the spurs, changing the bit. I mean, like you said, I I don't recommend that unless you're having, unless what you were doing before isn't working at all and you really have to try something else. Mm -hmm. Don't change. Yeah. So let's, so as you're kind of, as we're going to be getting ready to go into the show pen, this is another time that I see where exhibitors and, and amateurs and youth and even open riders, as you're waiting. So like, as you're waiting to go in for your final performance, to do your, your ride, your tests in the dressage or, or go do your equitation pattern at the youth world show. Um, 
how do you control those butterflies in your stomach and all those jitters as you're in the chute? You know, as you're in the chute ready to go in and you're maybe on deck um, or next in line, what would you suggest to us or what have you found to help keep yourself calm through that period, to, to the few minutes before you enter the show pen? What's really helped me is whiskey. Thinking, I'm sorry, whiskey. <laughs> yeah, whiskey. whiskey. Yeah, maybe you have a drink, have a glass of wine. You know, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Hey, I've there's some amateurs that I've seen that that helps. Believe me. Yeah. Um, but um, I personally have found that just going through the pattern in my head over and over again has really helped me. Just continually. Do you think about the ride has helped me a lot when I start like thinking about, Oh my goodness, I need to make sure I do this over here. And I need to make sure my horse is this way. And I need to make sure he's bent this way over here. Or if I overthink things, that's when things start to go bad. When I overthink, that's what I've noticed. And overthinking also makes me very nervous. And that goes even in day-to-day life. If I overthink something, I just, it's not good. And I think a lot of us are, are, are prone to that. So as we go into the shoot here and we get parents and, and we get spouses and significant others that are kind of rushed up and give la- little last minute, you know, words of encouragement or comments, I'm starting to hear that as we enter that shoot, as we're entering to go into, into the show ring is that we kind of need to, and I've heard athlete, uh, athletes, professional athletes talk about getting into the zone. So we really need mm-hmm. to start focusing on going into the ride and focusing on the presentation of, of our ride um, mm-hmm. and starting to, um, so how do we, how would you quiet um, the surrounding people? Um, I, I've told my family this, okay, when I'm walking up here, you just go to the stands, just leave me alone. <laughs> Cause sometimes they'll make you more nervous, you know, like yep. maybe your mom or your husband or whatever comes up to you and they think they're going to, they're helping you just by giving you those last little tidbits of, you know, make sure you do this, make sure you keep your shoulders back, make sure, you know, whatever it is. And it just makes you, it just throws you off and you just get more and more nervous. And so sometimes having them near you, isn't always helpful. Um, but I have to say, making sure that you remember to breathe is ah, a big thing. Very good. Because <laughs> yes. a lot of us forget that when we get really nervous, especially when we're on the pattern. Um, and I think that you, and that I know I feel more confident when I go in the pen, when I feel like I'm very prepared. Like I've done my homework. I've done my homework at home. I've done my work my homework before we show my horse is feeling good. You know, I feel right. When you're prepared, it helps ease the nerves. Okay. Yeah. Having that confidence. And I think whether it's going to like the dressage shows where we, you know, we, we've entered, we're prepared, we've done the tests, we know them. Um, Mm -hmm. I think once again, whether it's a qualifying show to probably remind yourself what you're saying, what I'm hearing here to remind yourself that you've qualified, that you have, you have prepared you you've done everything and this is this is your big presentation from everything you've done um mm-hmm. I, I like that so, One so it's also almost like remember the journey that it took to get there yeah so. yes. well and remember too i mean 
the you need to be proud of your horse. You need to go down center line. You need to smile. The judge is there because of you. If it wasn't for the riders and the competitors, they wouldn't have a job. And I think we need to understand that it's supposed to be fun. A lot of people Mm -hmm. forget that they get way too serious. It's all about, it's, it's all about the journey. Yes. And it's about having fun and enjoying your horse and that time you have with that very special partner. Mm -hmm. I agree. I very much agree. I've noticed too, um, like some negative type of thinking, um, can definitely cause nerves. Like when you're sitting in the pen, like when you're watching people get get their horses ready, and you see someone riding a horse that you know was super 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 expensive, or someone that is riding a horse that's won all kinds of big prizes and stuff, and you've not won those kind of prizes before, or your horse didn't cost as much as that horse, or whatever it is. Just remember, everybody has bad days. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody has bad days. I remember when. I was at the national finals rodeo a few years ago watching the roping, the team roping with my dad, my dad team ropes. And the, one of the guys, one of the headers missed. And my dad was like, oh my gosh, that makes me feel so good. And I'm like, what are you talking about? That makes you feel good that he missed. He goes, those guys have won millions of dollars doing this event and they missed too. Yep. So that makes me feel good that people that are at this caliber, they still ha- make mistakes. Things yep. still happen to them. Yep. So that's something that I think a lot of people, especially amateurs, non-pros use that we forget. Well, I think a lot of people too, they worry too much about what other people think. Yes. And I've very politely explained to some of my clients who get very concerned about other people's opinions that mm-hmm. most people at a horse show really don't care about you. They're, mm-hmm. they, they're not so. watching you. They're really not paying any attention unless you're riding in an Olympic qualifier. They're more concerned with chatting with their friends than watching your right. ride. So it's a little mm-hmm. egotistical to think that everyone's just fixated on you. They don't even know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that is a, that, and Sandra, what do you think that that being psyched out by your competitors that plays a much larger role than I think most of us even realize. Um, mm-hmm. I remember I had a client one time, I had some customers all get new Western show saddles and I, I had a customer and, and by golly, they wanted to get a new one so bad and they couldn't stand. So they did, they found one and, and paid a good chunk of money for it. And I remember talking later, um, the comment that was given back to me, they said, you know what I learned through that? And I said, what did you learn? They said that, you really you, you buy your saddles to impress your competitors or vice versa because if you have a well-fitting equipment, the judges don't even really look at all that stuff. They're looking at the overall whatever. And I never forgot that, that sometimes we mm-hmm. do things for the wrong reason. Um, I also remember one time there was a, 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 a lot of us um, that some competitors who are national caliber and people looked at them and I knew some stories and some histories of some of them that these people looked at where they were at, kind of like you were saying, they, they had done, won some big titles, but a lot of people don't realize that everybody started out the same way. Exactly. You know, it was all part of their journey that they missed leads in big classes, and mm-hmm. they went through horses that were not appropriate, 
Um, it's And I like the phrase that we have in the dressage. It's about the journey. And sometimes mm-hmm. I think we can't get psyched out because we don't know everybody else's journey. So, mm-hmm. yep. That's, that's really good. I mean, I know when I was younger, I used to psych myself out. I'd show up at the quarter horse shows and I'm like, oh my goodness, so-and-so just bought that horse and that horse is like won the world four or five times and stuff. And I'm like, oh, holy cow, they're going to, I don't even know why I'm here showing. Like, why should I even be yeah. here? Because they're just going to beat me. But come to find out, just because that person has that really expensive horse or has that nice saddle or whatever, doesn't mean that they can ride that horse or it doesn't mean that, yeah. that you know, but it's something that I had to figure out on my own that money doesn't buy them the ability to ride. You might ride way better than them on a horse that's maybe not quite as fancy or not quite as talented or whatever, but you can, you can make up the difference in the way that you ride. And your presenting, presenting skills were cool. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, Sandra, if someone wants to contact you and learn more about you, is there a way they can reach you? Um, yes, they can send me an email if they'd, they'd like. My email is Sandra Lines, L-I-N-E-S, the number eight, at gmail.com. Great, because it's, I think you've been very helpful today. We really appreciate you sharing your experiences with us. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it's been very valuable. Oh, good. Yes, I'm glad. I, I, I love helping people with this stuff. Wouldn't it be wonderful if your horse could enjoy a zone of repellency from pesky flies? Well, he can with EcoVet. EcoVet is an entirely new type of fly repellent that is safe for horses and those applying it, offering a real alternative to toxic pesticides like pyrethrins. EcoVet confuses an insect's normal directional ability, the bug's GPS, if you will. So if it can't locate your horse, it can't bite your horse. Dr. Wendy Ying from the Driving Radio Show has been using it in South Florida, also known as the Jurassic Park of biting insects, and she just loves it. EcoVet's active ingredients are naturally occurring food-grade fatty acids that have been clinically shown to improve the condition of horses with difficult-to-treat sweet itch problems. EcoVet is effective on mosquitoes, ticks, noceums, as well as flies. You can visit EcoVet online at eco-vet.com for more information or to order. You can find EcoVet at Dover Saddlery Stores and EcoVets on Facebook. Just search EcoVet, E-C-O-V-E-T. This week's dressage training tip is brought to you by Total Saddle Fit, home of the shoulder relief girth at totalsaddlefit.com. So our Total Saddle Fit tip of the week is how to improve the lengthened stride of jog. Now, first of all, lengthened stride of jog, by definition, it's a variation of the working jog. The horse covers more ground through lengthening its frame while maintaining the same tempo as the working jog. It's a very important point there. We'll come back to that. Uh, Lengthened stride may be ridden either posting or sitting. If you do post, 
Do not change your posting diagonal at X. Wait until the end of the line because one of the common problems with the lengthened jog is balance. Your horse falls out of balance. If he gets quicker, the tempo gets rushed and he will sometimes break into the lope. He'll fall on his forehand. So what we want to do is just make sure that we keep a very consistent tempo. It does not change in the lengthening. We also don't want him to fall on his forehand. So we want to do half halts. We want to, even though the, the directives call for a lengthening of frame, don't throw him away. You need to maintain his balance throughout the movement. One of the best ways by far that I have found to improve the length and gates is the use of ground poles and cavaletti for the jog. And it'll vary by, by your horse's stride length. I set them about four feet apart, depending on the horse's natural scope and ability. I start with one and I work up to four or more in a row. I start with just ground poles and I jog the first I walk the horse over him to get him familiar with it and then I jog the horse through them and then I slowly start raising the height of the poles raising them off the ground a little bit because in order to lengthen the stride the horse has got to bend his joints he's got to have engagement in those hind legs to enable him to cover more ground, to, to create impulsion, the thrust that's needed to jump higher, farther, longer. So the ground poles are an excellent way to have him do that on his own. It generates the engagement needed without you having to do much at all. And as you progress through your training, you can start setting the poles a little bit farther apart to make him reach through the shoulder more, to stretch more. It's a great resistance-free way to get your horse to cover more ground without having to whip, spur, urge him forward. You can let the equipment do the work for you. One final note on that, though, um, straightness. Horse that's crooked will tend again to break into the lope. He'll lose his balance. So make sure when you ride this exercise that you keep your horse straight on the line of travel and straight between the rein and the leg aids. And if you do that, you're going to be well on your way to success with this. Total Saddle Fit has the cinch that you've been looking for for your Western dressage saddle. The shoulder relief cinch actually changes the position and angle of the billets to prevent the saddle tree from interfering with the shoulder. The center of the cinch is set forward to sit in the horse's natural girth groove, while the sides of the cinch are cut back to meet the billets two inches behind where the horse's natural girth groove lies. This brings the latigos from angling forward to becoming perpendicular to the ground, which reduces the saddle's tendency to be pulled forward into the shoulders. With horses that have shoulder interference without angled billets, it simply moves the billets back to keep the saddle further away from the shoulders. The secondary benefit to this shape is the cutback at the elbows. This gives more room for elbow movement as well and prevents galls in the elbow area. You can find the shoulder relief cinch at totalsaddlefit.com. That's totalsaddlefit.com. 
So thanks everybody for joining us today. You can find our show notes and our link to today's guests on the website at dressageradio.com. Like us on Facebook, just search for the Dressage Radio Show. You can follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is Karen Abatista Dressage. And to reach me, you can find me at www.trainingforlifeandfour.com. Or email me at tchristensen, T-C-H-R-I-S-T-E-N-S-E-N-62 at gmail.com. And don't forget to check out all the other shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. And remember, enjoy your ride, and it's all about the journey. 